Hey, Dallin, you got your ears on? Good, buddy? Yes, all good, my friend. Just in the car, yeah? Uh, hope, hope you guys are doing well. JP, how are you, my friend? I'm great. Thanks, Dallin. How are you? Yeah, awesome. Thanks. You little sniper around the fringes. We're going to come to you like two minutes into this whole thing, cool. and we're going to get to you pretty quick. I'll sit tight. You guys carry on with your thing, you bloody stars. I think he just swore at us. No, he, he definitely <laughs> did. This is L.A. This is L.A. Dallin now. He's he's off the cuff swearing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I said you stars, as in like that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's go. Hello and welcome to USA Rugby Happy Hour Live. Uh, thank you all so much for tuning in. Um, the nice thing about this, you'll see this room fill up with more and more people tonight. I have a good feeling about tonight. We should have a good uh, listenership, at least from the couple people that are already listening in now, which is great. Uh, joining us on the show tonight is not one, not two, but three great guests. We've got New England Free Jack Scrum Half, John Poland, and San Diego Legion Center Marcel Brocky. Also, a quick drop-in by rugby commentator Dallin Stanford. So stay tuned for those three. Uh, lots to talk about uh, about last weekend and this week coming up. To get updates on future shows and news about USA Rugby, Major League Rugby, and more, please follow Eagles Overseas and Rugby Morning here on Twitter and other social media channels. I am Bill Baker of Eagles Overseas, and if you were listening earlier, you know my co-host is John Fitzpatrick of Rugby Morning. Hey, Fitzy. Hey, Bill. Good evening, everyone. Uh, I'm pumped. You know, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna talk about fantasy rugby with you because I think. <laughs> I don't think you want to talk about that. Let's That's do how... it, Bill. If you want to go in on it, let's go in on it now. I'm ready. I'm ready. You know, I would. I would totally would, but we, don't, we just don't have time. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have time to talk about all the points you scored, and I didn't. Uh, lots of points, and unfortunately, uh, one of the hosts tonight is not on my team. I wish he was. I would have beat you by a lot more. But I know. <laughs> I'm going to guess, yeah. <laughs> but you know what I was thinking about, Fitzy? I think we should wing it tonight, okay? Uh, you know, I'm tired of having to get all of our questions cleared by the legal department. It's such a drag. <laughs> it really kills our show. Every time, all our guests, they have to fill out waivers so they don't sue us if we ask them the wrong question. I think we just wing it. What do you think? Let's, let's... <laughs> Bill, you know I'm down. Let's go. All right. Also, we are streaming. Hold on. We are now streaming <laughs> to Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You know, if this weren't perfect, it would be a boring show. You really are, um, Bill. Wow. <laughs> so anyway, if, without further ado, uh, let's go to our, our first guest. He's dropping in. He's, he's in a car, and I, I do believe he's on the way to catch a flight to Uruguay. I'm probably wrong there. So let's get to him. Hey, Dallin Stanford, how are you? Bill, how's it going? John, how you doing, my friend? Uh, great to be on again. Uh, you know what the funny thing about technology these days? I'm doing the LA7s in, in my new, Ooh. back in my new town where I'm living, but I'm doing the uh, game in Uruguay remotely uh, via the hotel. So there it oh. is. <laughs> So, so it's like uh, the old uh, soccer World Cups where some of the announcers were in a hotel like, you know, 18,000 miles away from the actual games. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know what's so interesting is with MLR in the last few years, we've actually called the games remotely from the studio, which, I, look, I don't prefer that at all because you can't get to see the full width of the field and you don't soak yeah. up the atmosphere, but you can do more games type thing. So I did a bunch of the Rugby Europe games, the Super Cup games remotely, which is cool. And so the fact that, uh, the, you know, the Raptors are setting this up that we can do some their remote games when they play away is pretty, is pretty cool as well so so the reason why we have you on today is a couple of reasons one you're you're we love you you're amazing and all that fun stuff uh and we miss you in the in the boston area but uh <laughs> i miss I'm, i honestly miss being there i see tk is on here, the bloody legend himself um, yeah. I, we my wife and i had such a brilliant time in new england uh and of course outside of the rugby people being brilliant there and the team doing so well just the, the landscape and, and and the vibe there is fantastic so we'll definitely be back uh, but for now it's, it, it is kind of nice being on the beach playing beach rugby <laughs> 
So one last thing about that, uh, uh, Dallin, before we move on to what we were really talking about. Picture today, TK posted no football lines on the Quincy field. That I, is, I saw that, and that is so great. I, I, I really want to, you know, co- congratulate them, the whole group. They're doing such amazing things that side, and the fact that field is looking tip top now with those new rugby markings, fantastic. I know the crowd is just. You know, it's probably one of the best I've been to in that they're so just so rowdy and so vibrant and just getting ready to funnel and and, and support the free jacks. It, it's definitely a, a, one of my favorite grounds. All right, so let's let's jump forward here. Let's talk about San Diego. Our, our second half guest is Marcel Brocky, and he was right in the middle of this. You were right in the middle of it. You just weren't getting tackled like the old days. <laughs> Snapdragon Stadium, phenomenal fan crowd size, over eleven thousand fans. Now, I've been in pro sports for a while, or used to be uh, in stadium entertainment. When they announced 54,000 in attendance, that wasn't always the right stat. It was like maybe tickets sold. So was there really over 11,000 fans? So that's a good question. Look, I, I obviously don't. It's tough to gauge when you're in a bigger stadium, right? So the it's a 35,000-seater. They had the top level uh, with just banners that said San Diego Legion. looked really nice and smart. Um, the bottom tier was pretty full. So, yeah, I'm guessing there were well over 10,000. Um, yeah. They're outside, by the way, because I arrive about three hours before the game doing sideline work. And they, at that time, there were about two to 3,000 outside at a fan festival. There was a double-decker bus with musicians playing music they were drinking uh you know vino and beers and all sort of good stuff there um so they've did a lot of engagement i think outside just of the rugby stuff and then after the game there was a concert as well at the venue so oh, a nice. lot of people stayed after that so i think they did a really good job there they had the navy um uh the navy had uh, para, uh, para, uh parachute folks jump the out jumpers, as well yeah. Yeah, jumpers. So they had like a bunch of cool activities on the go. Plus, look, let's be fair. San Diego is a hotbed for youth rugby. So there is a big following mm. in that area. But I think they did a really good job. This stadium is remarkable. It's only five months old. Uh, and it was just epic to see, you know, MLR be there. And now that's their new home. It's going to be, I mean, so much better than uh, some of the other grounds we've seen. I mean, San Diego had to play, I think, four or five different venues over the last few years. Uh, COVID was an issue at some point. Right. So this is going to be really great. I, I would imagine it'd be great if they can host some of the knockouts games as well now Dallin you know it helps when the home team wins certainly and it looks like San Diego's got a very competitive team in the Western Conference this year talking crowd size though and you talked about the community in San Diego can we anticipate that um the that you know the, the, that crowd attendance is sustainable throughout the rest of the season if San Diego can continue to win can we anticipate maybe that uh attendance record breaking again in San Diego John, that's a great, great question. And and you know what? It, it That is always a tricky one is if for every opening game, that's going to be the biggest crowd generally, yeah. right? You've seen that in the past. And then you're right. If they can sustain that. So look, I, I hope they can. It, I think it's short enough where you have your eight home games that you're still able to bring a good crowd out. I don't know if they'll be able to get over 10 every single time, uh, but it, it would be good. And as you said, their team is very stacked. They have a really good blend, it looks like, of experienced veterans, obviously with Nanu leading the charge there. And then, you know, uh, uh, some newest signings as well so i think results wise they're going to be very good don't forget in the year 2020 they were the only side that were unbeaten mm-hmm. uh obviously you know plans got derailed with the pandemic and everything else so i think this could be a very good year for them i uh, do hope the crowd continues to, to come out to their games because it is such a great atmosphere and when and when you you know are able to do a bunch of stuff outside the stadium and kind of like bring your family and do a bunch of things as well it kind of leads you to want to come back again and I think, um, you know, even when I was in New England, they were doing that really well. And that's why a lot of people came out to support this side. Dan, let me ask you one more wild card question here, right? You're, you're the Chicago yeah. Hounds. You've got a bye this week. You're looking at your first home game in franchise history that following yeah. weekend. 
You know you want to make a big splash. You just saw an MLR attendance record. They've got SeatGeek Stadium. It's a heated field. Could we see the attendance record fall again? I think we could. And you know what's, you know mm-hmm. what's interesting is Chicago have been knocking on the door for rugby for a long, long yeah. time. And of course, you know, we, we, we've been there when, you know, the All Blacks came into town and the U.S. have played some big matches there, some overseas fixtures. So, yes, I, I think I think you got uh, – I'm not allowed to bet, you know, being involved in the sport. But uh, <laughs> if I had some money, I'd put it down. <laughs> I, I think I think Chicago could do it. I mean, I, I was lucky enough to be there for the Ireland All Blacks match. And, you know, I've – absolutely amazing crowd not necessarily an american crowd but a pretty amazing crowd uh i don't know they could do it who knows and, and i love the i love how they have a possibility of doing it uh down one more question for you um yeah. you know we see some teams like the free jacks do a great job with marketing and social media field teams do as well san diego seems to be doing the same thing billboards everywhere the fan engagement's amazing um i know say i know it's not really your hometown there but are you seeing the same thing is that why they're also attracting a lot of fans yeah, I think so. Look, the, the great thing is when you're a side that has been in from inception, you've got all these years behind you, right? So this is year six. So you've le- had the learning lessons, which is why I always feel like a new team like Dallas, it's a hard one, right? So like mm-hmm. they come in and they get and then they their team doesn't potentially doesn't do that well on the field. So that's hard too. We, you know, San Diego's had some very good seasons and they made the final one year. They've had some very good players. So I think it's a blend of having good results in the field. You obviously don't have to be an unbeaten side, but then you you learn each year, you learn some new things how to improve. So the fact that they've been there from the beginning, you you, you it's going to be good. So that's why I feel like Chicago, if they can learn lessons from all these other sides and be in touch with the different general managers, they should be able to hit the ground running, particularly because they've got a coach and a lot of players that have played here before as well. So they should get the results and they should be able to do the do right marketing also. So I think it's all about sharing the resources because we want this product to grow right in every single region that we're in. All right, Down. Uh, hey, I, thanks for jumping in with us real quick. Um, two hands on the wheel. Watch where you're going. <laughs> thanks, you Sleek Sensations. Uh, I love what you guys do. Thank you, Down. Cheers. Uh, cheers now. All right, uh, listeners, thank you all for jumping in here. We got two guests coming up. Fitzy, let's move on to our first, well, I guess our second guest. Um, he's waiting in our happy room, uh, happy hour green room. Yes, we have those. Um, well stocked with Sam Adams, munchkins, and lobster rolls. Please welcome New England Free Jack Scrum Half, John, Paul, and JP. How are you? I'm great. Thanks. How are you? Uh, doing great, man. How? I mean, fresh off, you know, first round victory, victory in New Orleans, scoring two tries, you know, gets you a laundry cart ride, apparently, <laughs> what I've seen online. What would three tries get you? <laughs> I'm not sure. It's never happened. Um, but no, the, the reasoning behind that is actually um, if you get if we get a transition try, so like when um, when we turn over the ball, if we like capitalize on um, that mistake and go and score a try, I think it's the score of the try gets to go into the, the laundry carts uh, <laughs> like they do in the baseball. Yeah. Um, so that yeah. was the first one. That was the only one in the game that late try got when I kicked it through. So, um, yeah, that was a pleasant surprise on Monday morning. <laughs> <laughs> and there's also a picture of you online with Coach Matthew uh, shaking your hand at the team breakfast Monday. Uh, a special presentation? Or did you win a major award, as I said, on that old Christmas movie? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, yeah, no, again, it's just uh, we do a thing called Energy Bus. Um, on the Monday mornings, um, so Mike Rogers, I think, is the one that had the idea of starting it. Um, it's a way that we do after a game on the Monday morning. We all reconvene, and um, 
it's just a way of getting together and kind of not like necessarily just thinking straight about the rugby and kind of connecting as a team and just having a breakfast and um, connecting with each other and sitting with guys that you don't necessarily live with or whatever. So just uh, getting mm-hmm. together the squad without the, I suppose, the worries or the anxieties of the review process, um, you- which can be pretty like overwhelming sometimes mm-hmm. if the game hasn't gone well or whatever. So right. it's a nice way to start the week on a positive note. And um, that picture, I think I was just getting, we do some awards for the game, just like, Again, baseball themed. Um, so yeah, some awards. So I think I won the ace. So I get a I get to <laughs> sign a baseball um, on the oh, yeah. r- round one part. Um, and then there's other ones for like defensive player, etc. So um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, it's all theme related. So it's uh, it's pretty cool. So another week you'll give out like volleyballs or cricket balls or no. <laughs> no, it's actually, unfortunately, it's all baseball related, but I got a nice hat. I got a there you go. Hat. Wait, I was gonna, so, yeah, John, yeah, are, you, keep that are you a one. Red Sox fan? Um, I am, but I'm not really a baseball fan. So, <laughs> Have you been to Fenway? <laughs> nice. I, I, we've been to Fenway. I've been to a few of the games. Um, it's great fun uh, going to the games, but yeah, I'm not really sure what's actually happening. <laughs> I'm more there for the hot dogs and the beer. <laughs> As we all are. Uh, <laughs> all right, you know what? I'm going to shake things up a little bit. We're going to go to a listener early, only because I know this guy wants to talk fantasy sports. <laughs> <laughs> Jack's Rangers. Phil, how are you, buddy? <laughs> Pretty good, Bill. How you doing? Good. <laughs> yeah, let's not talk about fantasy sports, please. I'd, I'd rather um, have a root canal than talk about uh, fantasy sports. But, um, John, I can, uh, I can great to have you, you on here. Yeah. Um, John, great to have you on here. I think this is the most I've ever heard you speak ever. So this is really awesome. What a treat. Um, my, my question for you, we've heard from the locker room, a couple of the guys, you know, they're talking about this is the revenge tour, you know, uh, for this year, you know, free jacks didn't finish where they wanted to didn't quite get to the finals and, you know, didn't get to the championship game there. So, uh, what motivates you, uh, in year four with the free Jacks, uh, obviously, you know, individual accolades and stuff like that, but like what motivates you and, and what is the vibe that you're getting from the locker room there in terms of what motivates the whole team this year? God. Yeah. I think every year we're, we're always motivated. We always do want to do the best that we can. Um, last year was disappointing. Yeah. And, um, we fell up short after having such a great season, which was a pity because it kind of obviously put a bit of a taint on it for us. Um, but yeah, I guess this year again, it's like a whole new bunch of lads. A lot of them with 16 returning, I think, and it's 16 new guys. So like those like new guys always bring that like um, enthusiasm and like bring something different every year. So it's really um, kind of like energizing to have new guys in, but also it's great for us this year. We have 16 back, it's probably the most we've ever had. So we have that bit of continuity from last year. But um, I think we're conscious of not referring to the last year too much because it's a different year. It's, as I said, we've 16 new players. So like it's um, for them, every time we refer to last year, they're probably like, why do they keep going on about last year? Um, so, yeah, we're kind of just trying to be in the moment, trying to um, really like make the most of this squad that we have. We've got an unreal group of players and stuff. So, um, and unreal lads as well everyone gets on really well we've got a um, great squad morale and like we're all really close and have a good time on the pitch and off the pitch um, and don't take ourselves too seriously yeah so I guess the motivation is always there and um, this year again I think we're all loving it and not taking anything for granted awesome thank you 
Good stuff, Phil. Love the questions. Love you coming on and, and asking and firing away. John, I wanted to go back and talk a little bit more about that win over um, Noah Gold. L- last season, right, the Free Jacks, well-known for team defense. You guys held NOLA yeah. to just 12 points. Does the team really pride itself on its defensive effort? Uh, yeah, 100%. Um, I guess this league isn't necessarily known for its um, defense. Like, from the outside, I guess people see it as quite an offensive uh league and a lot of the games do have high scores but like generally speaking the free jacks these last two seasons haven't been necessarily been involved in those games that have the cricket scores where both teams are scoring six or seven tries um because yeah we like take a lot of pride in our defense and um something that we try not to let slip any week and just be as hard working as possible and just like work for each other and um Try to stick to our game plan and not go off it too, not go off script too much, and not get like drawn into the kind of um, guess uh, Harlem Globetrotters <laughs> start playing um, and playing as individuals. I think we kind of play as a team every week pretty well. Well, so. you guys, I mean, you guys yeah. scored a lot of points, right? I mean, thirty-six points, a pretty well-rounded, I would say, offensive effort from the squad. Right, tries from the front row, centers, of course, yourself. Um, the wings got involved. Mitch Wilson had a good game, didn't score. But um, is that what you guys w- – w- is that a good way to summarize the team, a well-rounded outfit, score from any position, defend from any part of the field? Yeah, 100%, I guess. Um, it's early days yet. But, yeah, we, um, we've we got good depth in every position and loads of competition in every position. Um, there's guys that weren't playing last weekend that easily could have started or could have been um, – our best players on the pitch um, so like there's a lot of competition for places in the squad and um, we don't have anyone that's um, and we don't have any real massive names or anything we just have a lot of guys that are relatively young squad profile Bar Potty um, Jason Potros and then other than him it's pretty young and um, youthful squad and um, yeah we've got players in every position and everyone's willing to work hard and um wants to be starting every week and getting as many minutes as possible so mm-hmm. I'd say yeah we're a pretty balanced squad we um, aren't overly loaded in any area um, TK's gonna, done a good job in recruiting um, good amount of depth in every position for the inevitable injuries and whatnot. Yeah. so yeah, yeah it's pretty uh... well let's let's talk individual performances you, you had two tries um, you and Josh Larson were named to the MLR first 15 and after week one, you are the league leader in try scored. So congratulations there. Um, <laughs> let, let's talk. Probably won't last now. Hey, who knows? What if you get another two against uh, San Diego? Wouldn't that be something? But let's talk about your performance. Were you were you feeling it from the start? Did you did you roll into the game feeling like, hey, I've got I've got some little magic in me today? Honestly, not really. Um, I haven't played a game of fifteens in in a long time before the season. It could have actually been the New York game last mm-hmm. um, last July, I think. So, honestly, we played Houston in our preseason game and um, it didn't go as we hoped it would have gone. Like, we, it wasn't disastrous or anything, but it was just, um, it was a bit of a tough night for us and we were getting to, still getting to know each other. It was our first game together. Um, so, yeah, coming into NOLA, there was a lot of unknowns, I think, we weren't really sure about how it was going to go at all. And then there's a bit of a gale force win. So to be honest, 
I wasn't um, going in thinking, oh, I'm, this is going to be unreal or whatever. Um, but yeah, then the lads showed it all what they're made of. And uh, as you said, 12 points in defence was pretty impressive considering it was our first real um, first outing together as a squad. So we were um, pretty pleased with that. And then the 36 points, obviously, was a nice uh, add-on as well. Um, a few things clicked and we got some lucky tries. Uh, but yeah, it was a good, really good starting point and we're pretty pleased with it. JB, there was a, a few Free Jacks fans made the trip to NOLA. Uh, oh, nice to see fans on the road. Uh, what does it mean to you and the other players that have fans you know, make these long road trips? Yeah, it's unreal. It's absolutely class. Yeah, Kenny and his wife and um, Buzz um, and I think Phil was down in Houston. Um, it's unreal. Yeah, it just shows how much they care and um, can't wait to play a first home game, really, because um, yeah. just seeing them all in the stands and... Um, meeting them after the game for a chat or whatever it's um it's pretty special yeah and, and let's let's talk about another one of your your teammates um uh, Padros you know the man he's taking over uh Bodine's role like, kind of taking over Bodine's role you know he, you know he's from the MPC um also taking over kicking duties played really well in round one man of the match honors obviously uh has the game plan changed you know with Jason in that role or is it still the same game plan no matter who's in that role as far as the team goes yeah, no, I think it's actually pretty the same, to be fair. Um, I don't yeah. think... Um, I think we kind of... Uh, we had the, like a similar... We, we've expanded our game plan 100% since last year. Um, hmm. And we've tried to add on a few different balls and ties and try and make us a bit more versatile, especially come to, come to the playoffs so that teams aren't just going to get what they expect, you know, to try maybe um, do a few things differently. Um but yeah, I think we had that game plan before um, Walks started playing unbelievably, and even mm-hmm. when he did play unbelievably, it just complimented him as a player and our team, um, which is unreal. Because um, he was kind of the guy that would pull something out of a hat when we needed it. Um, but yeah, Jason, he's actually like not too dissimilar as a player. He's got a great kicking game, good vision, like understands the game well. Um, and like can bring players into the game as well, and as you saw at the weekend, like he's a really good passer, distributor, and he can run as well, and kick. So he has all those different threats, and he sees the game, and he's not afraid to um, voice his opinion on how he thinks we should play the game. And I think as a ten, that's pretty key because you need someone vocal and someone who's willing to back themselves and how mm-hmm. they see the game. Um, so yeah, he's been really good so far, um, and same at Reese. McDonald's, he uh, came on, he started the Houston game. He's been unreal as well so far. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it'd be good to be interesting to see the competition between the two of them. Um, and they're both really good players. So, yeah, I'm excited to see how they both go. John, you mentioned that, that Houston game, maybe things not going the way you guys wanted it to. And again, that was preseason, maybe just looking for certain things. But, you know, it seemed like things clicked, right? 36 12 went over New Orleans on the road. And, you know, it, seems like you and Jason worked pretty well, nice little halfback combination. Did that play in relationship with you two? Did that form pretty easily? Yeah, to be fair, it actually did because he um, had his baby recently. He had his first child, um, little girl, recently. So he was late to preseason. Um, so I actually hardly trained with him, to be honest. And he's like carrying one or two niggles. So um, I haven't actually trained with him too often as a halfback pairing so the first game 
again, as I was saying, no, with all the unknowns and the weather and everything, and not not playing the game for a while, I was kind of um, a tiny bit nervous, more nervous than usual. So yeah, when we started playing and just kind of having those small chats that you have as halfbacks on the pitch, um, we sort of had that understanding together of um, how we wanted to play the game and how we saw things unfolding. So mm. yeah, that was a bit of a relief. Yeah, similar to with walks last year we kind of learned to understand each other and what we're both good at and he'd read how I my body language and vice versa so yeah well how you started to answer that question I thought you were going to say with as the father of a young child he's a much more patient person now and perhaps he is <laughs> with a little one he was patient at the weekend anyway we'll see if when it's not 36 12 if he's still so patient so he's not barking at you as much to give him the damn ball but um no, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So you got so you got Let's one game in the books. Anything from the Nola game? Maybe that was a, a negative that the team needs to maybe work on or had did work on this week leading up to this San Diego game this weekend. Oh God. Um, hey, be careful. Yeah, I answer this. Uh, our next guest is listening in now. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Exactly. I'm trying to think of. Um, I'm trying to think of something that we didn't work on so that he can. Um, Get a bit mixed up. Um, <laughs> you can tell Marcel you don't like their. Jerseys. I'm honestly trying to. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the collar? <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Maybe just um, one of the key things was just around how we counterattack, I guess, and just um, just being decisive on what we're doing. We're running back um, from their kicks. I think uh, it was quite windy, so it was tough kicking conditions mm-hmm. at the weekend. Um, and we managed to put them under a decent amount of pressure. Forced them into some, um, some like um, not amazing kicks. So, just us capitalizing off that, I guess, was one of the key things that we're working on this weekend without giving too much away. Um, but I think San Diego have a flawless kicking game, so we're probably wasting our time working on it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Listeners, real quick, uh, we've got about five minutes or so left with. With uh, uh, John Poland, which I, who I was calling Josh the other day. Anyway, um, if you'd like to ask a question really quick, uh, please come up. Uh, request in the bottom left of the app. We'll get you up here as soon as possible. And with that said, our friends at Scrum of the Earth are up here. What's up, man? Hey, how are you all doing? Good to see you. Uh, John, I have a kind of a weird question for you. Um, a lot of people <laughs> like to say a part of the, the role of the Scrum Half is to be incredibly annoying. <laughs> Do you, you know, consider that part of your game and do you work on that? Do you try to get more annoying every year? <laughs> That's a great um, question. I think it might be second nature because I don't have to work on it. Um, <laughs> it's probably a question for the other lads. Um, yeah. Uh, I think, uh, to be fair, I think in a game, you definitely have to be different to how you train or act during the week. Um but you have that little fire in your belly, so you definitely get that bit more niggly um, and try to bend the rules as much as possible. But no, some scrum halves, to be fair, can be quite annoying, even even all of that. So <laughs> I try to be fairly uh, fairly cordial with the other scrum halves, to be fair. Most of them are the same, to be fair. Who's the world king of annoying scrum half right now? Is it TJ Paranera? <laughs> I don't know, actually. That's a good question. I'm not sure. Yeah, he, he has. Top my head. He, he's got to play them all here eventually, too. So let's let's not get him in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Thanks, John. I'll see you in Fort Quincy real soon. Yeah, can't wait. <laughs> so, John, uh, a couple more questions for you. Uh, you know, we actually haven't really talked a ton about this weekend's match. So, you, you know, is there anything you guys? I mean, we talked about negatives, possibly you've been working on against Nola, but you know, San Diego, not the dis Nola at all, but San Diego is probably going to bring you a much tougher match. Um, everything from their environment, fans to the way they play. You know, they have they they do have a fair share or their fair share of international talent on that team. So, you know, how are you guys preparing this week for this match? Is it just uh, game plan as normal or or is there some stuff that you guys really want to work on specifically for this match uh, yeah no it's, it's just game plan as normal really um, yeah. it's like obviously just week two of uh, the regular season so it's hard to have anything changed too specifically because we don't even we haven't necessarily named nailed our game plan as of yet or nailed how we want to play and all the combinations Um so yeah, it's just kind of more focusing on ourselves and um, playing to the best of our ability. And um, I think a lot of the guys are excited to get over to the West Coast. Um, hopefully the weather will be a bit better. And also a good few of us watched their game against Utah and um, the stadium looks unbelievable. And uh, obviously they had a great turnout. So it's pretty exciting for us as well as them, obviously, playing at home. I'm sure they'll be pumped again to play at home. But um for a lot of the guys in our team, it's pretty cool. Probably could possibly be the most people a lot of them are playing in front of. So I'm sure they'll be really excited, even if they're not actually cheering for us. Um, it will uh, mm-hmm. be pretty cool. And it looks like an amazing stadium. So, yeah, I can't wait. My brother actually went there. He did a semester in San Diego and he saw the nice. Aztecs, I think, play there, the football mm-hmm. team. So he said... It was incredible, and all the different food vendors, drink vendors, and stuff. So, yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> so, when you get out to San Diego, uh, I'm assuming the next day or two, uh, you know, it, San Diego doesn't quite have you know the fine sandy beaches of Quincy. So, <laughs> but surely the team can suck it up and visit maybe South Mission Beach or something while you're there. TK could yeah, probably I'm answer sure. that. <laughs> I'm not even sure where we're staying actually, but I sp- I spent three weeks on. Dawson Street, which is like four blocks from Pacific Beach when I was um, in college. A few of my mates did J1 there. So I went out there for three weeks with them and just hung out and drank some natty ice. So that's, uh, <laughs> yeah, so it's an unbelievable area, isn't it? Um, played yeah. there tw- once before in Torero. Um, so yeah, I love going over there. It's really nice. They've got loads of nice coffee shops. Um, which Josh Larson, Mitch, the boys love. So we'll definitely get to a few coffee shops. Hopefully the weather will be decent enough to get a swim in, maybe go to the beach. Um, but, yeah, we're all looking forward to it. It's uh, San Diego's definitely a nice city, nice place. So, yeah, mm-hmm. can't wait. John, you, uh, you mentioned coffee. So every New England Free Jacks player that we have on here, I always ask them the same question. Starbucks or Dunkin'? No, neither. Honestly. Oh, that's a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not Duncan. Anyway, no offense to the boss. No, but uh, Bill, we're gonna have to cut this. John, you, you yeah, you're to, supposed to say Duncan. He's gonna get booed. He's gonna get booed in two weeks at home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, there's some there's there's some nice coffee shops around Boston, to be fair, but yeah. Yeah, there's a big allegiance to Dunkin' Donuts, which is quite hard to fathom for someone not from Boston. I'm with you. <laughs> John, I'm going to get you out of here on a Six Nations question. Um, will Ireland win the Grand Slam this year? 
Uh, yeah, I reckon they will. All right. You, yeah. you aced that one. I think you so. nailed that one. Wow, confidence. <laughs> yeah, I, they're playing unbelievably, and they've got so much depth, and like their game plan, they just they play really exciting, like attractive style of rugby. So it's great to watch them. And as a new, even if like I was a neutral, I think like they're an easy second favorite team to root on. Yeah, Scotland, England, Scotland look pretty good as well. To be fair. Yeah, and and half of Johnny, those guys, they look like they're about fifty-eight years old, <laughs> but yeah, they're killing it. <laughs> yeah, he's doing unbelievable. Bill's getting the edge to go yeah. play again. <laughs> yeah, right. All right, hey JP, we're gonna let you go. Um, good luck this weekend against San Diego. Uh, looking forward to seeing you out in Quincy in a couple weeks. Thanks, Mel. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, lads. All right, cheers. Sure. Hey, fans. Thank you for tuning in to this replay of Twitter Spaces at USA Rugby Happy Hour Live. That was just the first half of the show. Be sure to check out the second half as well and previous shows here on the USA Rugby Happy Hour Live podcast on your favorite podcast player. Now, go check out the other shows.